Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Neuro Experience Podcast. I'm Louisa Nicola. I'm the host. Guys, my God, the podcast has just uh, increased and skyrocketed in the amount of downloads we're getting. So thank you so much for everybody who is listening and who keeps coming back here because at the end of the day, you're here for one reason, and that is to optimize your brain for better performance, no matter what field you're in. So If you are enjoying the solo episodes more than the interviews, please let me know by giving us a review. Or if you like the interviews better, please let me know. Also, when it comes to these solo episodes, guys, these are the questions that you send in to me. So don't be a stranger. Come to my Instagram, go to the review section, tell me what you want to hear about, and I will put it in an episode. Let's get into it. I'm going to be talking about creatine. Creatine is the most widely used, uh, I would say, compound or widely used supplement in the health and fitness industry. And I think it's extremely misunderstood. A lot of women are afraid to take it. Uh, A lot of men take it in the wrong way. And this is mainly because uh, it it increases physical performance. We know that. That's why it's so widely used in the supplement industry, why it's so widely used in the fitness industry. But not many people know about the benefits of creatine on brain health. And let me tell you, they are beyond any other supplement other than EPA, DHA. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about what creatine is, what the benefits are from a physical and a neurological perspective, I'm going to be bringing in data about depression, post-traumatic stress syndrome, uh, TBI. I'm going to be talking about Alzheimer's disease, neurodegenerative diseases, and how creatine ties into all of these. And then I'm going to finish off by telling you how much you should be taking and where you should be taking, where you should be getting your supplementation from. So before we get into all of that, I want to just thank our wonderful sponsors and our direct partner, 8sleep. 8sleep is a smart mattress technology company. You've heard me speak about it before. I sleep on this Pod Pro cover and it basically controls my entire temperature throughout the night. We know that good sleep is a game changer, whether you're an athlete or whether you are just at work and you want to perform better. Everybody knows that sleep is imperative, yet 30% of the population struggle to sleep. And temperature is one of the main reasons for poor quality sleep. So I use the mattress cover. I don't use the actual mattress itself. I love my mattress. So I invested in the Pod Pro cover and it's the most advanced solution on the market for thermoregulation. So what it does is it pairs dynamic cooling and heating with biometric tracking. I'm powered by 8sleep. A lot of the athletes that I work with are powered by 8sleep. If you want to know more about it or even purchase one, you can get $150 off all of their products. Just go to 8sleep.com neuro. And guys, guess what? They now ship within the US, Canada, UK, and Australia. That is 8sleep.com neuro. To better understand creatine, we need to look a bit closer at the muscle. So let's talk about what creatine is from a muscle standpoint. In order for a muscle to contract, the cellular fuel molecule, which is ATP, adenosine triphosphate, this molecule needs to break off 
and it needs to break off a phosphate group. And when it does that, it leaves behind adenosine diphosphate, which is ADP. Your body can't use ADP. Luckily, the ADP borrows a phosphate molecule from your body's store of creatine phosphate to form more ATP. So your body stores creatine as phosphocreatine, primarily in your muscles, and that's where it's used for energy. And as a result of this, people take creatine orally through supplementation. It's mainly bought in powder form. They take it to improve athletic performance and increase muscle mass. So when your body can replenish energy more easily like this, you can most likely train at higher intensities and with higher volume without fatiguing quickly. In fact, when it comes to some of the studies, the most robust studies that were done on creatine show that just a six-day creatine load of about two grams per day which is a maintenance dose, by the way. Most um, most dosages is around three to five. Just supplementing with two grams of creatine per day can drastically elevate your muscle stores. So that's uh, that's pretty impressive. So we know the benefits of creatine on physical performance, but what about the benefits on cognitive performance and brain performance? So let's start with creatine and neuroprotection. Numerous studies have implicated creatine in brain development, function, and aging. Specifically, creatine has been shown to increase cognitive performance and aid in the treatment of brain-related disorders such as Huntington's disease and Parkinson's disease. So let's space everything out to make this very easy for everybody to understand. Let's first look at Parkinson's disease and creatine. So what is the relationship? Well, first and foremost, Parkinson's disease is a neurodegenerative disorder resulting from the loss of dopamine neurons in the midbrain. And the symptoms become apparent when a patient has lost around 60% of these neurons. So some of these symptoms include resting tremor, postural instability, loss of muscle mass, strength, bradykinesia, and an increased ability to fatigue. An early study testing the benefit of creatine in Parkinson's disease mice showed significant neuroprotection with 1% creatine supplementation in their diet. Now, remember, guys, we always start with rodent models. So that was the, the first type of study done. So they saw that there was something going on with these mice who had Parkinson's disease and creatine. So fast forward to 2006, a group of investigators, uh, they were from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. They began a phase three clinical trial for creatine and they tested creatine in 200 patients who were affected with Parkinson's disease. And guess what they found in the second phase of their preliminary data? It showed that creatine was able to slow down the progression of Parkinson's disease. A year later in 2007, a double-blind study compared the control group, that is patients who had no creatine supplementation, to a test group. The test group was 
20 patients with Parkinson's disease. These patients received creatine loading doses of 20 grams per day for five days and a creatine maintenance dose of five grams per day thereafter. And the purpose of this study was to specifically explore if creatine could help increase muscle strength in idiopathic Parkinson's disease patients. So the patients who were given creatine were able to maintain strength and engage in weight-loaded activities and exercises as opposed to the group with no creatine. So the hypothesis that creatine dietary supplementation could minimize the associated symptoms with Parkinson's disease lies within the ability to build and maintain muscle mass. Now let's shift our attention to creatine and women. I mean, most of what we know about creatine was learned through the study of young male athletes. And that's because creatine has been shown to be effective in enhancing muscle strength, muscle mass, and performance. But because the aging population is particularly vulnerable to loss of muscle mass and function, a lot of the attention, especially attention in the media, is now turning towards investigating the potential use of creatine supplementation for preserving muscle mass in menopausal women. So I'm going to talk about a review that I found. So a review of several randomized control trials and meta-analyses of studies investigating creatine supplementation in older female adults has discovered the following. Number one, women have 70 to 80% lower creatine stores and consume lower dietary amounts of creatine compared to men. Number two, Declining estrogen levels are associated with increased inflammation and oxidative stress. This then contributes to the reduction in protein synthesis and response to anabolic stimuli. Therefore, creatine supplementation has been proposed as a countermeasure to the inflammatory effects of declining estrogen. Number three. Creatine supplementation with a high dose load and maintenance of three to five grams daily in the absence of resistance training had minimal impact on muscle mass, strength function, and bone density in menopausal women. Next point. Although studies have shown mixed results, the vast majority of research shows improvement of muscle strength, function, and bone density parameters with supplementation of creatine of 5 grams daily when combined with a consistent long-term strength training program of three months or more in postmenopausal women ages 50 to 65 plus. Next point. There were no significant adverse effects of creatine supplementation in menopausal women. Clinical evidence has supported positive effects of creatine supplementation on mood by restoring brain energy levels and balance. Evidence also suggests that creatine supplementation may favorably impact the dopamine and serotonin systems. Last but not least, Creatine supplementation has consistently demonstrated improved cognitive performance and brain function, particularly in cases of sleep deprivation and mental fatigue. This is important given many people or many women, I should say, midlife struggle with um, hot flashes and disrupted sleep. So recommendations for supplementation for midlife women. 
Well, first and foremost, engaging in a program that is consistent. So two to three times weekly of resistance training will have a better outcome. Daily supplementation of creatine monohydrate may improve muscle strength, mass, function, bone density when combined with consistent resistance training. And then when it comes to dosage, many experts agree that a loading phase isn't necessary, but a daily dose of five grams daily over time will achieve appropriate tissue saturations. Vegetarians may require a dose of five to 10 grams daily. Moving into our last point, does creatine help aid in the treatment of depression? By far the most compelling potential use for creatine outside of exercise is for the treatment of depression. Compounds that enhance brain energy storage, such as creatine, may be promising, may be a promising supplement for the treatment of depression. With some exceptions, most of the clinical trials demonstrating the efficacy of creatine supplementation on ameliorating the symptoms of depression have supplemented with four to 10 grams of creatine per day for up to eight weeks. A decade ago, a small eight-week study conducted in South Korea had 52 women take either an antidepressant or that same antidepressant with creatine. By the end of the study, half of the women in the creatine group were depression-free, which was a success rate double that of the group only receiving the antidepressant. Two years ago, researchers at the University of Utah analyzed data from the National Health and Nutritional Examination Survey from almost 23,000 individuals over the age of 20. And what they found was that after controlling for demographic and lifestyle variables, the risk of screening positive for depression was 31% lower amongst individuals in the highest compared to the lowest quartile of creatine consumption. The highest quartile consumers got about one gram of creatine per day from their diet, while the lowest quartile consumers only got 0.15 grams. They hypothesized that creatine might boost brain energy metabolism and capacity. More studies that are coming out testing creatine both as an additive uh, both as, as an additive treatment coupled with more conventional depression medications and as a standalone treatment in higher doses, which is something like 20 to 40 grams a day, um, is proving to be a low risk, high reward, affordable cost, making it very promising indeed. <music> 